Ahoy there, you pack of nerds! Welcome back to another edition, another episode of the Vigilant Geek Podcast. My name is Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me as always, my comic book partner in crime, Holden Orm. Uh, also a Vigilant Geek Media. It's a, it's part of Sci-Fi Month. It's still going on. That's what we're doing. Yeah, uh, we want to welcome you back, uh, to another, uh, episode, uh, in our current, uh, science fiction month here at the Vigilant Geek. Uh, with us this week, uh, we have a special guest. Uh, New England stand-up comedian and also the owner and operator of Hotcast Studios, Nathan Burke. That's me. He's That's back. Me. I, I'm back. He's back. I'm back. He's going to talk about Stargate. <laughs> Stargate. Among other things. Great oh. pirate series, Stargate. <laughs> yeah. I love pirates. That's not what we're talking about this week, but we do have uh, some pretty cool topics of discussion for you. Uh, this week, we're going to go over some of our favorite uh, science fiction television series. Uh, some of the TV series that we will be discussing today will include The Twilight Zone, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Firefly, uh, the Flash, Adventure Time, believe it or not, as an actual sci-fi. We'll get into that. Rick and Morty, Star Trek, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Gundam Wing, and Cowboy Bebop, as well as Stargate. <laughs> Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis. We're going to talk all the Stargates here today. Um... I suppose first and foremost, uh, let's discuss, uh, one of the, uh, most, uh, infamous science fiction series. One of the most longest running, if you count, Influential. You know, and, and, and influential, absolutely. Uh, a, a program that was truly ahead of its time, uh, in the Twilight Zone. Hmm. It's, uh, it's probably the first, in my opinion, personally, it's the first great series, not even just sci-fi series, but it's like, it's such a good series, just, uh, you know, that the style of it being in, like, black and white and just being, like, these sort of creepy morality tales. When uh, did it debut? Ooh, I want to say something wrong uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not sure about. I don't know, man. Just kind of make a broad it. guess. It was, you know, in the mid-60s, I Yeah, I was going to say mid-60s myself. It was, around it was, most of them were talkies. Yeah. They had characters interacting with one another. Yeah, and then what I like about it is like they're sort of like these short stories, pretty much. You know, one episode doesn't have anything to do with the next one. It's just completely episodic. Yeah, uh, they're like little. Uh, didn't they start that kind of that sort of theme for their television show? Fifty nine, it, it debuted in fifty nine. It's kind of so. like SNL, wow. only you know not live, but it's like. They take famous directors and freaking get them to do episodes. A lot episodes. of famous actors. Yeah. So, like, each of them will do, like, one episode, which is easy for them. And then mm -hmm. they still get ridiculous paychecks because they're Hollywood directors. Right. And, so. I mean, they even get... They got William Shatner, for Pete's sake. A few of them, yeah. He, he did one of my uh, one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes where... Is that uh, with the clown on the wing? The gremlin on the wing? Oh, there, oh well, there's the, the classic glem, uh, gremlin on the wing. Pardon my French there. Um, but, uh, 
another episode that I really enjoy is when he goes into this diner with his wife, uh, and there's this little napkin holder. I know what you're talking about. With the, with the little, like, devil head on yeah. top of it. And, and, and it, it, you know, you put in, like, a quarter or something and it'll, it, you know, tell you your fortune. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he gets completely, uh, drawn into this napkin holder and, and to the point where the napkin holder is, like, making him, like, stay at the restaurant, like, and keep trying to figure out his his future basically yeah he he just becomes so obsessed with that and it's like you know the cool thing about uh the series as a whole is is a lot of times they take their episodes and they base it on some kind of like a personality quirk or or you know some kind of uh you know in personality mr bevis <laughs> it's like uh Rod Sterling just comes in he's like introducing Mr. Clark. He's a, <laughs> he's a dumb idiot. Just a, <laughs> just a dummy. Look at this dumb stupid dork. <laughs> but something happens and you'll see what happens when he mixes with this thing and then he becomes a cool guy or something. <laughs> introducing Stephen Urkel. But when he goes into this machine he makes, he comes out Stefan Arkell. That'd be a good Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, is a uh, Steve Stefan Arkell. I think I saw that Family Matters episode. <laughs> they did. They had they... like the White Family Show followed by the Black Family Show. Yeah, I think um, on TGIF. Technically, in that sense, Family Matters is a sci-fi series. It can be sometimes. He yeah. built a machine to make himself cooler. <laughs> he also uses like hair samples from celebrities to turn into like Bruce Lee and fight people. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, we forgot the serum. And what he's a ridiculous like, show that like they just did that on a on like a show. That well, was it's supposed to be, to be a, like about like family values, like involving a black family, but no one gave a shit, so they just ran with Urkel. Yeah. Well, yeah, that Urkel was like you know their big money maker, the you know the butter for their bread. He they even had like like merchandise for him. They yeah. even got him his own breakfast cereal for a yeah. little while. <laughs> oh wait a minute, no, that might not even been real. Was that real? I saw it on South Park, so I don't know if they're just making fun I have, of it. I have no idea. <laughs> Jaleel White. <laughs> yeah. Good old Jaleel White. Um, I don't know. I don't see too many episodes of Family Matters. He might be hurting on royalties. <laughs> True. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, so the Twilight Zone sort of, I think, sparked a whole, like, genre of sci-fi where, well, I mean, I, I can't think of a, what was a sci-fi series that was on before that. There weren't any series on before that too many because it was there were only like three networks uh, i mean yeah i i couldn't name any i mean it was well, yeah, well only, before our time but there's i mean there's been more, even more like groundbreaking books as far as television series are concerned i think that might be it yeah because before that was like westerns and like just like radio shows war of the worlds i guess like had everyone scared shitless yeah which is like a sci-fi radio series Every, everyone's ready to be all torches and porch and pitchforks mm-hmm. like yeah. let's go fill up the people, street people just killed themselves we're all scared let's hang out in groups with sharp weapons <laughs> yeah, well that always solves everything no say so, violence is never the answer but sometimes the answer is violence <laughs> the Twilight Zone, though, it's, um, it's, it's just like a, such a well-written series. And Rod Serling, I think, wrote most of the episodes, like probably 80% yeah. of the episodes. Really? And yeah. they'd have other people write, guest write episodes and things like that. And there were sometimes, uh, I remember there was a famous one that was an independent film that won, like, the Cannes Film Festival. 
and they just used it as a Twilight Zone episode. He was just like, oh yeah, we have like an import, basically. That's oh, interesting. This, this, huh. this uh, independent film, this French film, we're just... Well, it's easier for them. It. All the work's already done. All they need to do is sign off on that. Right. And, and then it's obviously free, great publicity for that film. And then they, you know, they might have to give up a few points off the top, but... Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I that mean, was a great one. The money and royalties alone would pay for the fact that you wouldn't get an awful lot up front. Mm. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> it sounds like it, though, right? Sounds like that, that's how Hollywood works. Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> but, no, like, one of the most... But I have theories. <laughs> one of the most spectacular things about that show was the acting. It was, like, unbelievable. Because, really... Well, a lot of those Hollywood actors, well, like, like they get their start, like they, yeah. they like Robert Redford was in one, like he was deaf. I remember he was like, uh, was like, like an old woman, like how these hungry actors and him. actresses wanting to like make their way, you know, mm-hmm. and they end up being in some of these like iconic shorts. Yeah, like everyone keeps referring to the one where the guy keeps getting interrupted because he wants to read his books. Yeah, and then he's yeah. finally alone. Something kills all the people, and he smashes his glasses, and he can't freaking read any of the books. Yeah, one's great. It's just horrible irony. And then he became um, Rocky's manager. <laughs> oh, uh, Burgess Meredith. Yeah, that was Burgess Meredith. Yeah, that uh, was. He yep. was also the Penguin uh, in the uh, Batman, and he was TV Mr. Series. Bevis. Uh, in the, I said Bevis earlier. Like, <laughs> Mr. Bevis. I believe. I think that was his name. I know there was a Bevis. It, I might be confusing it with another one. Mr. Bevis. Mr. Bevis was a real moron. But yeah, I might be confusing him with another guy. But I, I think it was something along the lines of like a goofy last name that he had. Uh, but yeah, that one's amazing. He just wants to read his books. He just wants to be left alone, and the world ends. He breaks his glasses, mm-hmm. so he's boned. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the show was just ahead of its time, uh, so cutting edge, and it influenced a lot of uh, other series that uh, came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first one that comes to mind for me would be The Outer Limits. Rod Serling also had a show after Twilight Zone called Night Gallery. Um, I don't know if a lot of people hmm. remember it, but I think it only ran for maybe two seasons. Yeah. Um, was that the was same kind same of the same old? They may have been longer. They may have like been an hour long or something like that, or at least the pilot was. But um, I can't really remember any specific episodes of it, but I think it was a little more dark, a little grittier, because a lot of those Twilight Zone episodes were... They were almost goofy. Like some of them were kind of like, oh yeah, lighthearted. They know? definitely had like some campy episodes. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were. And, and most of those campy episodes, I'm pretty sure, were Rod Serling <laughs> written <laughs> ones, but uh, starring Mr. Bevis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bevis. Um, it's almost yeah, like Beavis. <laughs> Night Gallery was cool. I remember there was one. I think it was the first episode of Night Gallery. It was a. Uh, it was a. A Nazi who went to, like, South America after, you know, the Nuremberg trials and everything. To they escape. have a show about that. A friend of mine put that up on. He, like, has these DVRs mm-hmm. of, like, shows. Mm-hmm. I guess history has a show called, uh, like, Finding Hitler. And oh, they got right. all these, like, private investigators and former detectives, like... Like, I guess Obama declassified, like, 700 odd documents, and one of them says that Hitler ran off to Argentina, yeah, and, they were, and they were looking for him, but they just made it look like he died, mm-hmm. so, like, everyone in the United States would be, like, warm and fuzzy about the end. Mm-hmm. It is crazy, like... 
and I guess he was just chilling out there. The Argentina had like a large uh, um, German population oh, there, yeah. and they're so like Brazil because they had like like pride as a culture. They took Hitler in, and they're mm-hmm. like ready to do crazy stuff for him. Yeah, there was a I think there's a documentary about it called "The Boys from Brazil" or something like that. The I, I haven't seen it yet though, but. Yeah, like basically, and there's still like Nazis down there. There's like you know thoroughbred like yeah. Aryan nation people that I think they did a I forget there was someone's pool or something behind their house, and there was like a pool that was shaped like a swastika and shit like that, like just crazy rich <laughs> Nazi stuff. It's like why would you do that? Yeah, well, I guess away. the Argentine. <laughs> why would you? <laughs> the Argentinian government just like guess wants them there or something. I don't know because you get these huge populations of people. Yeah. Yeah. Down there that are just... And they had a lot of money. They had a lot of Nazi gold, and they went down there, and they were like, yeah, this will help our economy. Let's just harbor Nazis. Those are the people <laughs> Those are the people who got away. Oh, that must have been a real shot in the arm to have all these wealthy white people just willing to just spend money all day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, really. I don't know what Argentina does outside of play soccer and, like, raise cows. <laughs> I'm sure we could... My girlfriend could shed some light on it, but she's... Out eating macaroni and cheese. Oh yeah, <laughs> the great American delicacy, mac and cheese. Don't tell her. Don't tell her it's not. <laughs> She's like, I love mac and cheese, and I'm like, eh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I can totally supply you with that. <laughs> you can supply her with all the macaroni and cheese or like uh, heart desires. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like caviar. <laughs> People come over the United States because that's what we're known for. Yeah, it is kind of funny the things. Like she'll be like. Oh, like, she'd be like, oh, I wanted to come over here and go to a cheesecake factory. <laughs> like, that's what shit, that was like the big thing was like coming to America and trying out cheesecake factory. It's got a pretty long menu, but. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I personally, been. I love the cheesecake factory just because of the, the, the variety that you can get there. I mean, I mean, obviously if you want cheesecake, if you're a cheesecake connoisseur, there's plenty there. Uh, to choose from, but, but they have like br- all these breakfast, uh, items on the menu. They have like, you know, they do any kind, any kind of cuisine you could really think of as, it's just, <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's like whatever, you know, you go there, maybe you don't even know what you're in the mood for, and, and, and you find like five or six different things you want to order. It is just fantastic. And that cheesecake is great. Is it? Yeah. I've never been. It's good. Oh, it's just, it's friggin' unbelievable. You know? (laughs) I could, I could do a whole episode just on the Cheesecake Factory alone. In fact, I'm hungry just thinking about it, but I suppose we have to talk about this shit. The sponsor of, (laughs) the new sponsor of Vigilant Geek Podcast, the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, Uh, hell yeah. We we would only be so lucky. We really want to get, like, a comic book store to sponsor us just so, like, we could get free books. But I don't think that's ever going to or happen. A free meal at Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have enough people listening right now to like. It's a grind. try to it's arrange something like that. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe there'll be future episodes and hey, everyone's I've, like, "I'm listening now." Hey, I'm you never know. I got a my own podcast. I'm trying to get you know. It takes a long time to get sponsors. I've been doing it for three years and I don't have any sponsors. So how many people do you have? You might have to like like fifty. <laughs> You gotta like make friends with douchebags whose whole point is to make friends on there. Yeah, exactly. And then you'll just be like, uh, hashtag this and that and come see my show and Mm -hmm. spend money on alcohol so that my reputation 
gets good in the yeah. club. And the someone, owner was me, someone was telling me the other day about uh, a comedy club they went to where it was like free admission and then the drinks is like, but it's a two drink minimum and the drinks are like $12 each. Yeah. So that's a great way to make money. That's the, that's the scam. See, the trick is to, is just to not go out. Right. And, and just stay home. And watch sci-fi series on Netflix. Yes. Oh, yeah. Cause that way, you know, you're not getting that two drink minimum or any of that nonsense. Yeah. No. Well, you can make your own drinks at home. One <laughs> show defeated by the two drink minim- minimum is a Firefly. They gave it a time slot at nine o'clock at night on a Friday. Oof. And it did, they didn't even let it finish its first season. They didn't even let Smackdown on that time slot. Yeah. No, it's they, just a bad place. They moved it back to Thursday. Because people fucking have lives and they go out on Fridays for the most part. Yeah. If Firefly got killed over it, it would have been great if it was like on a Tuesday. It'd probably still be going. Yeah. No, Firefly is a fantastic program about a ragtag group of space hooligans that, you know, uh, they, they get into, they, all they want to do is just find work to stay afloat, but they keep finding all sorts of trouble across the galaxy. And it is just, it's a really cool show. Uh, Nathan Fillion is, uh, you know, a pretty awesome, uh, Anybody captain. Anybody want some nuts? I actually, I, I'd love some cashews. Thank you. Um, yeah, I haven't eaten much today, but anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it's got a very colorful cast. Uh, you got Marina Baccarin. She plays the whore who's on board, uh, paying rent. Oh, but in the show, I guess space whores are highly regra- regarded and treated like diplomats. So she's just going to planets to get laid by, like, men with a lot of money, and they're going to pay her to do it. But she's, like, the most respected person on the crew. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I've never seen it. No, it, it's, um, it, well, it only ran for one season. Uh, they, it got canceled, once again, due to the time slot, personally. Because it's got such a strong uh, cult following for a show that was only on TV for that, you know, short amount of time. I gotta tell you, Joss Whedon, uh, is another one of those just out of the box thinkers that, that, you know, does a great job of, uh, creating sci-fis and, and different intricate plots. Like, like, you know. Um, well, you saw a lot of that in, um, he took Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was like the kind of this silly, like, I'm a 90s girl and I kill vampires. Cause that's the type of movies you'd see in like the 90s. Right. So he takes that and all of a sudden he turns the property into a show. He gets Sarah Michelle Geller and pretty much it's just her ki- brutally killing vampires and demons. Like the whole show. It'd have great plot. I mean, and then he, then he created Angel, which was the spinoff series and then that had great plot too. And they both tied in together and they had crossover series, which is nice because it's nice to see a crossover that isn't DC or Marvel or or a couple others. Like, Star Trek is crossing over with, like, Green Lantern right now. And the Flintstones. Have they done that before? <laughs> no, but they probably... Didn't they do a crossover with the Jetsons and the Flintstones? Talking about sci-fi series, Jetsons. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Those Hanna-Barbera crossovers. Yeah. I believe Wacky Races also had a few crossovers. They they probably did, and it was probably friggin' unbelievable. 
I think Dudley Do Right <laughs> and uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle had some appearances on Wacky Races. Oh yeah. I don't want to tell tales out of school, but I, you know, I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think they had some. Uh, I think Dick Dastardly was on. You know? Oh Jesus, yeah, the whole gang. Nice. Was Dick Dastardly? Uh, I can't. I always get Dick Dastardly and Snidely Whiplash confused. Snidely Whiplash was. That was Rocky Bullwinkle. Okay, thank yeah. you. Dick Dasterly was on. Wacky was on races. Wacky Racers, yeah. And so Wacky Racers had their own characters. Yeah, it was it was a cartoon. Um, and and speaking of of cartoons, we uh, are certainly uh, planning on doing a cartoon uh, oriented podcast very soon. Um, but as to stay on task, uh, we should probably keep talking about some of these sci-fis. What do you say, fellas? <laughs> All right. What do you say, boys? What's next? <laughs> we have a list. We'll yeah. Um, so, yeah, we talked fi- Firefly, and everyone else was eating nuts, so I was really the only <laughs> one who talked about it. But uh, Well, we could talk about it some more. I, I just mean, don't know it. It was really good. I guess they canceled it like at the eighth episode, so a lot of people bought the DVDs to find out what happened at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's always had like a good following afterwards, but it's such a it's it's small enough that Joss Whedon can't really express the property another way. Um, I know that he's had his brother write a comic books for it, and I don't know if that's canon as far as the story is concerned, but it's the only new stuff coming out right now for it. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, behoove us to keep our eyes peeled because you never know. Uh, but yeah, as as of right now, uh, the the hardcore fans that the show did have uh, um, have been, have suffered for quite some time now uh, as a result of what happened to what had the potential of being just an, an epic sci-fi and, and and was a very good one for the short amount of time it had on screen. Uh, but, uh, changing gears here, let's talk a little Marvel, we'll talk a little Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here, um, which is, uh, Marvel's big sci-fi series that's, uh, on network, it's been, it's been on network TV, it's the third season now, and, uh, obviously, uh, it has a lot of great sci-fi elements to it, um... Yeah, I think like the first season was mostly full of like mad scientist stuff. They're going yeah. after minor like assets who creating things that would just fall into the wrong hands. And then once they they use all those filler episodes, they made a bigger episode that was more about how like the the crew and what's going on in Coulson's like unit and then they tried to adopt it to um Captain America Civil War. Because I guess the cinematic TV universe exists in the same timeline with the movies. Yeah. So they were doing that with that, and then they were kind of doing their own thing with the Inhumans in the second season. And then and then there's like this brief break in between episodes where you're just expected to go out and see the movie for Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, Colin, we better call in the Avengers. Yep, and then they called him in. Yeah. And then Ultron was defeated, and then that was that. And they had a party. They they did. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch Agent. I don't. I don't watch uh, Agents of Shield or, um, I guess Marvel based. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those shows. Like the, the first season was really slow, but mm. the second season was awesome. 
So oh, I, I loved all the Inhuman stuff. I just watched that. The Inhuman stuff now is kind of good. I caught a little snippet on TV the other day. I guess yeah. the character Lash, which was actually just created in the uh, Inhumans book by Charles Soule. Cool. He's like one of these Inhumans with like this crazy power set, and he's like wicked tough. And he was creating his own society, his own village of Inhumans. Since Inhumans have been turning, like being, they're like regular people, and they get in contact with the Terrigen Mists that are floating around the world. And then the strong ones go into cocoons, and then they come out with like they look weird sometimes, but they have crazy powers. And then uh, they got two sides. We're trying to recruit them. And it turns out one of the main characters on the show, uh, Sky, is actually an Inhuman, and she's the ability to like make she's matter earthquake. vibrate. Yeah, yeah she's uh. Her real name's Daisy Johnson, who's uh, Marvel's uh, Earthquake, who's uh, a, actually a pretty prominent character, uh, Avenger. Um, she played a huge role in uh, Infinity. She was uh, involved with that. She was involved with... She she tagged up with um, Typhoon and the Natural Disasters <laughs> back in the, I believe, like 1990, I want to say. Uh, How long did they hold the tag belt? You know uh, they had Earthquake it. and Typhoon? Um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I don't know my title reigns off the top of my head. But yeah, I think they did have it briefly. I could I could look it up. You could, you know, and... and uh, Although I think her name was John Tenta back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty Sorry, sure I'm pretty sure that she was a gigantic, like, fat bald fat, man. Bald man. <laughs> but um, you know, and for those of you that enjoy the the world of professional wrestling as much as Nathan does, you can actually listen to Nathan go on and on about wrestling uh, in our official <laughs> WWE. Uh, ep- podcast episode here at the Vision Link Geek. I, I think it might have been episode six or seven, somewhere d- back there. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can guarantee that we'll be back here discussing wrestling again at some point. Maybe around WrestleMania or, or uh, Royal Rumble time. You know, yeah. uh, I've been keeping up, kinda. My neighbor, he's got <laughs> WWE Network, so I always go over for the pay-per-views. It's great. That, and, that's fascinating. It's- and if I wanna, and if I wanna bring it all together, uh, ECW had a short reign on the Sci-Fi Network, <laughs> if anyone remembers. Yeah, but it could, WWE... probably wasn't even half as good as the stuff on TNN. No, well, they brought WWE made put ECW on Sci-Fi, <laughs> and I think SmackDown's on Sci-Fi Network now. Smack, still. SmackDown is, yeah. yeah. I don't think it matters. I think they're just relying on popularity right now. They're probably making yeah. way more money now now that they have the app with the network. Mm. I think that's probably what canceled Firefly with Smack Friday Night SmackDown. That might have been. It could have been. It probably was. Was it? Was it? No, it was on Thursdays back in early 2000. Yeah, it started out on Thursdays and then it moved to Friday. I think it's back on Thursdays now. Does it even matter? Is it like two different rosters or no? No, not anymore. No, well, they just got sick of that. Like they a... just decided to give people more camera time. Yeah, exactly. It's just an extension of the. New Day's hilarious. Oh, they're so good. It's so random, man. We'll we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, What are we uh, talking about? Shield? Uh, well, yeah, we were. Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. We were (laughs) talking. Seth Rollins, the Shield? We were talking (laughs) Agents of Shield. Um, for those of you who are interested in the world of professional wrestling, uh, and would like to hear more about, uh, 
what Nathan Burke has to say on the topic, feel free to uh, reference our uh, WWE podcast uh, episode uh, on the Vigilant Geek it's podcast. So now, wrestling stuff from the from the cashew yeah. gallery rather than the peanut gallery. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, wow. but uh, eating cashews up here. You know, moving on. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. We talked to Agents of Shield, and uh, you know, uh, I have not personally uh, seen any of season three yet, but I've seen seasons one and two, and I thought it was fantastic. I thought what they have pulled from source material and different comic books in the past, you know, I, I, th- I thought that they did a good job with what with what they pulled from from that source material, and also I thought they did a great job of what you know some of the new stuff that they created on the show as well. Uh, obviously, the Deathlock they chose to use in season one, uh, you know, is uh, different than the one in the comic books. Uh, you know, little things like that. But as a whole, uh, I really have come around to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 blew me away. And uh, I'm excited to see what else there is in store for that. Now, gentlemen, I suppose we should draw our attention towards something a little more lighthearted and get a few chuckles out of what we have to say <laughs> about Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty. And there's a good um, way to segue from what we were talking about, Twilight Zone. There was actually an episode of Rick and Morty, which is like sort of a Twilight Zone Dude, thing. The, the, the devil with the shop. I, lo- I love Rick and Morty because they, they always have like uh, great stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're always making shout outs and then they're just kind of spitting in its face. Yeah. In this particular episode, um, Summer ends up getting a job at like this this old antique shop. Where the guy doesn't charge anybody anything, they just take it, and then like usually the item's cursed, and like they end He's up like, being oh, visible. It's like one of those things, like oh, you'll pay the price for it. Like, yeah, that's sort of like you know, it has like a curse, cursed item. So, like, Rick gets shitty because, like, he hands him a microscope and he brings it back and he's a wicked good scientist. So he goes ahead and he scans it and is like, if I end up looking into this microscope, I'm going to become retarded. And Morty's all like, no, that's not really nice to say, Rick, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, Morty, literally. And then, like, (laughs) he gets all pissed at the devil guy. So he goes and he's using his science to, like, change all these items. To take the curse out of things. Yeah, so what was it, the... <laughs> so he opens a shop across the street from this, like... Called this... Curse Way, it's like, yeah. have your items modded into something extremely usable for cash, and he comes <laughs> over, and the guy's going out of business. Yeah. Like, the devil come, like just tried to commit suicide, and Summer had to use the monkey's paw in order to save him. He's like, I know I'm the devil, but <laughs> Rick's the most evil person But ever. he's the devil. <laughs> but he's the devil, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great episode. Then he just gets bored, burns the place yeah. down. And, I mean, that whole show is pretty much, like, in the same idea of that, That like, every episode has, like, a different... Yeah. yeah I mean, you could watch them out of order easily. Theme to it. But, know. like, if you do watch them in order, there's this subtle stuff that goes on in the background. Yeah, there there is an underlying story. You're, like, you're slowly learning everybody's backstory. Well, what's, what's the overall premise of the show, may I ask? All right, like, so... This, um, there's this family. One's, um, there's the daughter who's a horse surgeon. And then there's Jerry who's like, does marketing. He's kind of a loser. Then there's <laughs> the older sister, uh, Summer. And then there's Morty, the, the kind of like low IQ grandson. And then, so Rick comes back out of nowhere. He disappeared from, um, their mom, the mom's life, you know? 
So she ends up like coming back. So he's getting away with murder around there and Jerry's getting wicked pissed. But what happens is, is that he'll go and be like, come on, Morty, we're going to go. And then he'll, he'll grab Morty and take him on all these like adventures where they always, almost always die. <laughs> and then, um, it's hilarious. It is a hilarious show. And yeah, basically it's like they try travel through like space and time and, and different dimensions. And there's, uh, there's a lot of themes like, uh, that they come back to that there's different Ricks and different Mortys in other dimensions. And they oh, sort neat. Of interchange oh, my them. God. They have the Council of Ricks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the main mode of transportation that Rick has to get around is he's got this flying car, right? But he also has this portal gun, and this portal gun allows you to go to, like, different places, different... It's kind of like Doctor Who's box. You can go to any place... In, in any universe is oh, what okay. you do with this portal gun. So like across like the greater galaxy, all the Ricks were getting hassled by the federal government. So they all formed their own council called the council of Ricks. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> and then the, the Rick that we follow as part of the storyline, like he thinks they all hate him. Cause he's like, he's like, I'm too cool for your dumb club. I'm the original Rick. <laughs> yeah, Fuck I'm, all you. Yeah, I'm, the I'm Rick. And the, every Rick has a Morty to counterbalance his right. intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Like his intelligence waves can be detected with like this, with the device. Mm-hmm. So what they do in order to like counteract that, every Rick needs a Morty in order to be the perfect camouflage <laughs> so that they won't get spotted by the radar. <laughs> Morty gets all butthurt. Mm. The, the writing on that show is spectacular. And it's like, and it's just the right amount of lowbrow. Oh, it's amazing. It's like very smart and it's very like intelligently written, just the, the, the plot and everything. But it's, it's just the right amount of just like fart humor as well. Oh, it's amazing. You see the one with like, uh, they're at a pawn shop and Rick's arguing with the shop owner and like Morty's really trying to get him to buy this robot and it's like a sex sex robot. So everyone's downstairs (laughs) eating breakfast and you can just hear the thumping going on upstairs because Rick, uh, because Morty is just nailing the shit out of this robot. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the robot comes on and it pops out a baby and everyone's freaking out. Mm. Like Rick wants to kill it. And then, like, Morty ends up having to raise the, the, the Gazorpazorp, because that's what it is. This alien baby. Yeah. So they get kidnapped by the women on the planet, and then Rick farts, and then they sentence him to death. But, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they become like such a... a peaceful society, they don't know how to kill him. Mm. Or, the, yeah, he'll be the first You did the to... thing that which cannot be, na- <laughs> like, yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a hilarious show. Oh yeah, no. Highly right, and it's like next to Adventure Time. Like I love Adventure Time, and I got into Rick and Morty after that. It's like, it's almost like an adult sci-fi version to to Adventure Time's like more fantasy, um, like PG tone. Even though Adventure Time obviously has some adult themes to it. Well, yeah, Adventure Time does kind of have some different worlds, like. Yeah. You have the fire world, and you got mm-hmm. like the deep forest stuff. He goes in outer space. He's got the. Frosty Ice Kingdom. You mm-hmm. got the and it becomes like the so, candy people. It becomes then, like, so complex. And the like, nuts. Yeah, it it really has gotten like there's so many different characters that like reappear on that show all the time. It's like this other level of just. Uh, I mean, it goes on for five seasons, and you find out that you're not watching some silly like mystical. Like, uh, like fantasy show. Like, mm-hmm. it's a futuristic dystopia because, like, 
everyone there exists is what what happened after the aftermath. Right. Like human beings mutated to look like candy. I think yeah. I think wow, the idea. I didn't know that uh, <clears throat> there was that deep of a backstory like a, to it. It's dark. Yeah, there's like a post there's a post nuclear war type of thing where I think like all the radiation turned made things come alive like candy and and uh, you know uh, yeah just all sorts of different things. And then, like, it's like, that it turns out that the main characters are actually Ice King and Marceline, because they're the only people who survived from that era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where does Finn and Jake come into play? Like, they kind of don't know yet, really. I mean, I mean they Jake's were, uh, the only human, so he's got to be special somehow, you'd think. You mm-hmm. mean Finn? Is it Finn? Finn. Jake's Finn. the dog. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty cool dog, but he's, yeah, he's not the only human. The only yeah. human is, uh... And there are, there are wars between uh, what is it the the unicorns and or the lady the rainicorns and the dogs and they do this whole episode about like how <laughs> how like dogs and and rainicorns hate each other <laughs> yeah uh, what they have like something and like Jake doesn't know if he should still be together with Lady Rainicorn mm. it's yeah but it becomes so much more of like this weird theological thing in later seasons. Where they start getting into people's backstories and they start talking about, like, you, you feel sympathy for the Ice King because he used to be a scientist. He used to be a I'm guy sorry. named Simon. Yeah. And then, like, the only way that he could control the weather is if he wore that crown. But the crown slowly drove him insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he acts like a silly kid who's always just kidnapping princesses all the time. And, like, <laughs> and basically he tried to – he helped stop, like, this nuclear bomb from going off by putting the crown on or something like that and – there's, there's this whole yeah, he's like a wicked big hero, but he's turned into he like a know. creepy old man, and everyone's just like, "Oh, it's the Ice King. He's trying to kidnap me again." Oh. <laughs> yeah, and you don't—I don't know if you guys know this this part of it, but yeah, the uh, the crown backstory is like this, like you know, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, there was this like wizard uh, that had that crown, and he had an assistant named um, Gunther. And oh, that's where it comes from. So that's why and, he keeps calling the and, penguin Gunther. Yeah, and he idolized this this wizard, and then he like they were in some dire situation with like a meteor that was, um, like, yeah, the, the coming of Orgalorg or whatever that they later discussed too. But um, uh, yeah, you you guys got to get caught up in this. Yeah, no, I mean it's still fun to talk about. That's but crazy. It's, uh, good. And he puts the crown on, and basically. It's just like you just have it. It grants like anything that you want to be. Like so, he's his ideal thing is to be this this wizard. So it's not like the powers of that wizard necessarily, but it's his perception of being that wizard. Oh. So it's like this sort of like warped version of a wizard. So that's like where <laughs> the powers of Ice King come from. I want to know where the backstory of his wife is because his wife ends up jumping through a time portal into the future to try to save Simon. Yeah. And she ends up jumping into the middle of this, like, giant magic sucking thing and looked like she was getting ready to throw down with this evil thing that was giving everybody, like, all the powerful magic users in Ooh, like, like, a fits there. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of an Age of Ultron event where you gotta, like, get the Avengers together and go ahead and go after something. Yeah, there was. Yeah. And, uh, I think she shows up in another episode after that too. What's her name? She ended up going insane because like every th- every time you use magic, 
Mm-hmm. You're you're sacrificing something because what you're doing is unnatural, so it takes away from something. And in the Ice King's case, it was his sanity, and I think the same thing happened to her. Hmm. Oh, you know what else is a magic crown or hat? Is a magic man's hat. I think that she little hat that magic man. I has. think she tricked him to give her, her giving uh, her his powers in yeah. that episode. Magic man, yeah. No, magic man's just, just like, doesn't have them anymore, and now she's got them, but she's completely insane because right. she has. She them. became magic man, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's strange. It's so crazy, like because you know it started off as just like a ridiculous, and then now they're giving it like, show, and now they're right, they're yeah. like adding these dimensions to to like what's these been on minor characters. It's been on five years, so now they're just like introducing these people growing up with the show. To these more complex concepts mm-hmm. yeah and they probably know that parents are watching it too so like they're finally like bringing up the iq on the show so adults will watch cartoons with their kids it's just funny how they like backtrack and they'll go back to this character that was in one episode and like the first season they'll be like oh we're gonna make sense of this now oh we're gonna, yeah we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna show how this fits into the entire plot i wonder what they're important remember like a um that the the uh, Asian Star Trek guy, he did a voiceover oh, for the, the heart for yeah. uh, cardio. Uh, George Takai, yep. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was supposed to be Ice King's heart. Oh really? Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah. So this is weird. Did he cast a spell or something, and that happened, and his heart became more evil than he is, and just went on a spree? Yeah, I don't know. I forget that one. I, I, uh... I maybe they never revisited that. Maybe not. But he was in like two episodes, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I saw this one out of order of like Lemon Grab's kingdom. And oh my then, god, like, the lemon, the all the Lemon Grab yeah. stuff is hilarious. Oh, I love Lemon and Grab. It's so, yeah. it's so deranged. <laughs> the, the Lemon Grab <clears throat> kingdom, like the Lemon Kingdom. Is, oh my god, is so screwed up. Three hours of conditioning. <laughs> Dungeon! Ten years dungeon! (laughs) Yeah, like he's technically like Bubblegum Princess's firstborn because she created him in a lab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he started his own kingdom because he like got the, she gave him the formula to like create life, basically. I know, right? And he starts changing all the like lemon things into like these just screwed up like monsters. And Finn and Jake (laughs) have to like get this one that's actually good at stuff. Lemon Hope. Lemon Hope. Little Lemon Hope. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, and all the other, all the other lemon creatures are just like these, just disgusting things, and they're just like, Bleh. oh yeah, yeah, because lemon grabs just can't like make stuff. Like what happened? There were two of them, and then he eats one. Like, dude, he always ends up eating them. One yeah. is wicked fat, and then the yeah. other one's like skinny and weak. I think he, like he cloned, or she she made another one so they could be friends or something like that. And then one was the good one, and the other one was like the extremely evil one. Yeah. And basically, yeah, the the fat one ended up like trying to eat the the skinny one. <laughs> I think that ends up like happening. Yeah, but he like lets him escape somehow. It's so it's so like just screwed up all it, the lemon stuff. It's so funny though. Oh yeah, well, like at first it was just them like pranking him, and mm-hmm. then like, now he's become this like despot. Yeah, it's and uh, I forget how it ended up actually I forget how the last episode ended I think Lemon Hope might have come back I forget actually I don't know I think the newest recent, most recent one I saw is like they end up in the 3D room with the 2D man on the wall and mm-hmm. like he grants wishes and yeah. I guess like something to do with all the stones on the princess's crowns opens up this portal to this place where you can mm-hmm. make a request and it comes true 
And they end up, like, going into the dystopia and end up getting harassed by, like, a biker gang out of Fist of the North Star. <laughs> I I don't remember that one. I, I know the character Prismo, the one that's, like, the pink guy that's on the wall and he's just, like, flat. Yeah, yeah. And then they talk about the owl of, um... Oh, um, Cosmic Owl. The Cosmic Owl. That's, like, supposed to be a thing. They brought it up once and then, like, then it turns out, like, the Cosmic Owl just shows up and he starts, like, having, like, small talk with Prismo... Like, these are the beings just, that control the universe. He's, like, drinking a coffee. There's one where he's, like, watching just every everything that's going on in the universe. Yeah, he's, he's lucky Jake's, coffee. like, he's a nice guy, but Jake's so lucky. Because he's just like, I really want a sandwich. Like, I can make you a sandwich. He's got all these, like, Jake could make anything true. But, like, he's seeing what's happening to Finn mm-hmm. down on Earth. And, like, he's not, like, an adventurer and everything's more serious. Yeah. And then, like, it turns out that uh, the Ice King, in that reality, the Ice King ended up, the bomb landed on him, so he froze it to keep it that way, and then there's this evil grandma that's there. Hmm. And, like, and it's, um, and it turns out it's, like, Marzaline. Oh, yeah. Like, Marzaline goes off the deep end and tries to eat people because, like, Simon isn't there to keep her, like, from going full vampire and right. just, like, killing everyone. <laughs> there's so many, like, complex plots on that show now. Yeah. And it's awesome. I think it reset itself, though. But that's like pretty cool how they like tied in all the, the little jewels and stuff on the uh, on the crowns. Mm. Yeah, it's very cool. And then they they're doing more stuff with like the Martian colony and everything. And I haven't seen anything on that. Abraham Lincoln's the king. I gotta of Mars. get caught up. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'll catch like random episodes and like Finn will have like the grass sword and like mm. other random stuff. Yeah, and that is a show like you can watch Rick and Morty like just anywhere really, but like. Adventure Time, you have to watch it in order, pretty much, to understand what's going on. Well, you Especially do now. At, this point, yeah. at the yeah, beginning yeah. episodes, it was like, oh, catch, you can watch it casually. Mm-hmm. But now that, like, they've gotten so in-depth on some of these bigger ideas and these bigger plot lines. And that... You can usually tell what season you're in by, like, if, like, what Finn has for a sword or if he has an arm. Yeah, I mean, they always have a main plot that they're following with these, like, mm-hmm. these misadventures that they're having. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> it's hard, uh, it's I can't. Hard to follow it's somebody. it's silly, but it's good. Yeah, no, I can't wait to catch up. Mm. It's definitely one of the best, uh, like most complex and most intelligent series, like on TV. Never mind just being a cartoon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, it's a it's a real doozy. Mm, yeah. So, Andrew, are you caught up on Flash? <laughs> Yeah, I'm caught up on Flash, uh, except for last week's episode. But, uh, yeah, the Flash, uh, would be another awesome, uh, sci-fi television show. I mean, it's also happens to be based off of one of my favorite comic books. But, um, yeah, uh, I've been watching it since the very beginning and it's been just fantastic. It, it's, you know, They've done so many cool story arcs already with the Flash. Uh, you know, they did the Flash of Two Worlds story arc, uh, the kickoff season two. Uh, last season they sort of did their own play on, uh, the Flashpoint Paradox or the, or Flashpoint, you know, that whole arc. Um, lots of really cool stuff. Uh, Reverse Flash, it was like the big bad guy of last season and, uh, he was just an awesome, probably my favorite villain 
from uh the small screen like ever uh just so treacherous and evil and awesome and then this year uh sorry this season uh they just uh they're doing this big thing with zoom zoom's the big bad guy for season two and how he's sort of uh he's come from earth too and uh He's got all these nasty surprises for Barry Allen. He he wants to eliminate uh speedsters. Yeah. You know, and uh The Flash has got a pretty big rogues gallery. Oh god, yeah. I mean they they I mean besides just with the, the the even the types of uh, reverse flashes they have, that's a pretty long list. Oh god, yeah. I mean uh and I I personally I I I even get confused a little here and there, you know. You have Professor Zoom, Reverse Flash, Eobard Thon, uh, Zoom, and it's like it's, it can get confusing to, you know, you think who, they're just telling who's who. You think they're just trying to reinvent the character? I mean, there are a lot of villains who use the Speed Force, but like, Reverse Flash kind of like the anti, like, it's kind of like the anti-Flash. Although, knowing Flash, there probably is a character named the anti-Flash. Yeah, probably. He probably just hasn't showed up in print in like ages. Yeah. No, um, it's been very cool though. They, they just showed sort of what Zoom's gonna look like this season and just, you know, he looks, he looks gruesome. Just a real evil looking SOB. I can't wait to, uh, see what's gonna happen with him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those series that really took off almost immediately when it started last season, last year. Uh, sort of came out of the episodes of Arrow where Barry Allen had guest starred. Uh, Grant Gustin had guest starred as Barry Allen. And then, uh, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty easy to predict that there was going to be a Flash series, uh, uh, that spawned out of that. And it, it has just been, it's been a, a crazy ride. Uh, yeah, you mentioned, uh, the Flash's rogues gallery. They've already, you know, gone through quite a bit of that, but it's such a big rogues gallery that they do have, they, you know, they have ways to go as well. Uh, I mean, quietly it probably has the second biggest rogues gallery in comics. Cause like, Batman's just got an enormous rogues gallery. There are rogues in that gallery that like people don't even see very often. Oh, I know it. I know it. Uh, it's kind of like, like, you gotta pick your favorites. There's so many to choose from. What about Rogue? Does she have a big Rogue's gallery? No. Woo-hoo! No. Well, <laughs> she's I... like struggling to remain like. <laughs> Sorry, I, just... <laughs> I wanted to say something to stupid. like to remain relevant because <laughs> she's always she's in these team books, but she doesn't show up in anything else. She's not strong enough to hold her own book. I don't think. Nah, not strong enough character. Um, I mean, maybe if they took that blouse off, you know. Then, then that'd be something different. But then you'd have to deal with the comics code, and we wouldn't want to. Rod do that Serling either. has a big night gallery. That was the show we talked about earlier. Night gallery. Oh, carry on. Nathan's in pun mode. Mm-hmm. I am in pun mode. Well, anyways, I don't know if you like, like the Punisher. Right, right. If you like <laughs> the Flash, you can watch the Flash. It's on the CW, and it's great. Uh, next up, let's talk a little Doctor Who there, Holdy. Alright, yeah. So Doctor Who, it's been going on since the 70s. Uh, they got a more mo- modern take of it on TV right now. It started like, uh, well, sometime after 2000. It's gonna be anything within 15 years, really. But anyways, 
the more recent ones, the backstory is like all the Time Lords died except for one, and he calls himself Doctor Who. And they have it so that at the end of one whole season, when the contract's up, they built this thing into the story where the Doctor can do a thing called regenerate to try, like to survive from dying, but he ends up becoming a different person or actor. Right. So they have it so that they like they have one person. He comes in. He plays Doctor Who. He gets sick of it. They're like, "All right, eat a dick," because we're not paying you extra money to keep you here. We'll just get somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then they always pick a companion for Doctor Who. It's always a human from Earth. Um, I don't know too much about him. I've only really watched like the first and like first season and some of the second season. But like that's the premise, and it just goes on for a long time, and then like. There are certain uh, alien races that the Doctor ends up getting fighting, like uh, the Cybermen and the Daleks, and they're always running around. They're these little orbs that look like a really old vacuum cleaner, and they got this weird stem thing poking out of their body, and it shoots laser blasts, and they just decimate things. That's pretty rad. And they sound like lemon grabs. They're always like, exterminate! (laughs) And they're like rolling around trying to kill stuff. They're all about just, like, genocide. Wow. And Doctor Who has to deal with them. The same thing with Cybermen. Cybermen want to turn regular people into robots. Now, is he called Doctor Who because it's like, who the hell is playing this guy this time, like, kind of deal? or what? Everyone just calls him the Doctor. Nobody knows who he is. Oh, so it's Doctor Who. Like, Doctor Who? Doctor Whom? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah. well that is very interesting how about star trek um i don't know how about i guess they, <laughs> they got I they got a new show i guess coming on it's supposed to be on the cbs like like watching app i guess there's like an app you pay for to watch cbs stuff or maybe they're just making you get cable like you have to have cable and then you can watch it on the internet because it's Weird. an internet only series I don't know much about Star Trek whatsoever, nuts. Nope. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. They haven't announced anybody. I guess, like, one of the writers is producing it from, like, one of the guys who did the movies. But I don't even know who they're going to use. I think it was J.J. Abrams that's doing it. Am I right on that? He's been doing the movies, but I don't think he has anything to do with the show. He doesn't? Oh, okay. Hey, what about the Star Trek The Next Generation there? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, I've been, what about that? I've been watching reruns lately. Yeah, tell us a little about the reruns, man. Yeah, I, well, I, I watched one today. <laughs> I want to hear about the new ones. They watched. Well, I don't know anything about the new ones, but in this episode I watched today, they uh, they went down to this planet, and it was about to explode. So they go and they pick up all these refugees who are like from Ireland, so like they're space Irish people. <laughs> And they're like, <laughs> the space Irish. Space and they're like, they're feeding their pigs hay and stuff in one of the cargo bays and they don't know where to put them. And then they went to this other world where like only five people survived. So they kept cloning themselves and they wanted the DNA of everyone on the ship to like, so that the, uh, the people on the planet, they'd have more people, you know? Right. And then like they've cloned a clone too many times. So they're like, they have the, the, the disease or something. So then they, like, introduced them to the Irishmen, and the clones are supposed to, like, repopulate. And then they said something about each male is supposed to have three kids from three individual mothers so that the gene, like, the gene pool will get, uh, hmm. 
will get more random and there won't yeah. be, you know, Egypt mm, Nile sex. babies. Yeah, yeah. Just... Right. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, the, the clone people ended up stunning, uh, Riker and the doctor, Janeway, and they stole their, some of their stomach lining DNA and then they were going to make clones out of them and yeah, that never worked. Hmm. Now, who is your favorite Star Tracker? As far as <laughs> ever, is this like an app, Star Tracker? Yeah, well, that's what they're out there trekking the stars. There, I don't know. I don't have a favorite character. I'm, I usually just watch and hope that like they end up in some sort of space battle. They get involved with like complex politics. But if all you the had time. to choose one, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, um, I mean, if I don't want to jump to this already, but Stargate is a very similar premise. Stargate! I feel like it's, I feel like it's almost like a Star Trek ripoff in a lot of ways. How do you figure? They're just using the portal instead of the, the ship? Pretty much. Like, they're, they go to different land, different worlds where, like, it's pretty much a human civilization, because the idea of it being, Back in ancient times, they, like, these aliens went to Earth and they used, they took people from, uh, from Earth at different, um, from different places and sort of on these other worlds, they built these civilizations yeah. that evolved at different rates. Doesn't it, like, link in, like, all the stuff the Egyptians did? Because yeah. everyone's still saying that, like, reproducing some of that stuff would be impossible today. Right. Like they, yeah, they say it's like from that. They use like slave labor and things like that. As like the Egyptians, it was like a slave trade where they brought people to different worlds. And there's some civilizations that evolved way past the point we are. There's some that are still like stuck in the Middle Ages, like depending on just how they. Yeah, didn't they have that alien race that was like these worms that yeah, like these parasites like symbiote, that take yeah. a, take take over your your body? Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's, some... that's something else. I tell you. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, and uh I mean, I can't remember some what of the they finer call they were like called the Gwauld. Yeah, the Gwauld, yeah. And they'd all cut like they that's why they showed up and the Egyptians treated them like gods, like one of them's named Ra. Yeah. Hmm. So like, like, like the person Ra. died, but like the the actual Ra is this worm that's that's in the body. Right. Like all those Egyptian gods are still around. Like there's a Oh, and they explain a lot of other gods that people worship, like the, uh, like Nordic gods. Yeah, isn't Thor like one of those white aliens with the big eyes? Yeah, like the, the, um, the Norse mythology is basically <coughs> like the stereotypical. The like, Asgard. Little, isn't the that Asgard, what they called them? Yes, exactly. The Asgard. Yeah. The Thor turns out to be this, like, four foot tall alien, and he's, like, in charge. Yeah. And yeah, so each each like major religion sort of has basis in some alien life, hmm. and it's kind of an interesting premise. That is very interesting. You can get into my problem is I never watched it in order. It was mm-hmm. always on on Saturday or on like Sundays when Fox wouldn't have football. Yeah, nice. yeah. So that then I just end up watching it. Then it's, it's a weird place being on on the weekend for new episodes. I think they ended up putting it on. Um, well, actually, it originated on uh, Showtime. Oh really? Yeah, it was a what, Showtime SG1? original. Yep, and then uh, and then it moved hmm. to Sci-Fi Channel. Was it like did it start off as like a like a movie or like a miniseries? Um, well, I don't know. The pilot episode might have been two hours. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like it that. it it piggybacked off of all the stuff that happened in the movie mm-hmm. of the same name. Right, right. I actually think the sh- the uh, the show is better than the movie. And the movie wasn't bad, but they all they do is they just kind of build upon all the ideas that they had in the movie. 
with yeah. all these aliens. The special effects kind of took a, like a bit of a hit, but right. back then when you paid for special effects, it looked great. Yeah. So like, I guess what I mean as far as like they kind of ripped off Star Trek in the way that there's different worlds that they go to that are, like represent a certain right uh, Earth civilization and yeah, a certain, they, they at a certain always... time period is either like a futuristic one or a. Like, they it's always like, go oh, back. This one's like feudal Japan, you know. It's like just. That's it's a lot of that idea. type of stuff. Yeah, they're kind of like these, like this group of like special, especially quali- qualified individuals for this like dark ops plan, and like the whole thing like financed by the U.S. government and the Air Force, mm-hmm. and then like they have this bunker underground where they just have this portal where they send people out to do recon missions, yeah, to see if people are um, safe or not. So like they got this portal like. Locked and loaded on, like, at all times, just in case someone else opens it from another end and shows up at their doorstep. Yeah. It gets good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's a cool idea. They have, like, you know, they have their one issue uh, episode things, but then they're always talking about this main thing. I'm like, that's, like, something they do on TV a lot. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, with stories. Unless it's, like, all stories. I don't know. It's pretty good. It's a fun show. As Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I watched Stargate Atlantis too, which I actually kind of forget what the initial plot of it was, but I think there was another world that was Atlantis. I couldn't keep up. Sci-fi's got stuff that's good sometimes, and sometimes it gets stuff that like isn't that great. Mm. I think Atlantis was a much shorter, maybe like two seasons or something. I forget. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's been a while. Hmm. And then they got Farscape. I never saw that. Yeah. Oh, enlighten us about a little bit of Farscape there. Sure. So Farscape was actually this story about another ragtag crew of aliens who are all pretty much on the run from the law on this living spaceship called the Leviathan. It's a space creature, but they're like, they can hang around inside it and it'd be kind of the oxygen controlled and everything. Oh, that's pretty neat actually. And then they're on the run from these, um, this one like galactic entity of like organization. And, um, he's trying to get back home. Cause what happened is, uh, the spaceman, he ended up, going through a black hole and he ended up getting spit out at the far end of the universe. So now he's on the crew of Moya trying to get back. It's been a pretty good show. And then like, um, Jim Henson did all the puppets. Oh, nice. So, but they, so it feels like labyrinth a little bit, but like they, <laughs> they have like their space swears, you know, like, you know how they make up swears on, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. They do that on Farscape, too. That's always fun. So it's yeah. like, it's got all these silly puppets, but it's supposed to be a sci-fi that humans... Well, obviously that humans can enjoy. They did that on Battlestar Galactica as well. Frack was a big, uh, their curse word. Yeah. Ah, yeah, another uh, infamous sci-fi there in Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually kind of have a silly story about why I watched all of Battlestar Galactica and... The uh, Stargate series is, I actually worked at a grocery store working overnight doing stocking shelves and stuff like that. And, uh, sometimes the load of, gro- the load of, you know, products we'd have to stock were lighter than others. And the other guy I worked with, it was just a two man operation. We'd be locked in there all night for like, you know, eight to 10 hours. And, uh, he brought a little mini DVD player with him and he would just bring in all his, uh, like Ballastar Galactica and, and um and Star and Stargate. And uh we would just watch them and take like three hour breaks and steal food and uh eat it up in there in the break room. 
American dream. Yeah, it was it was a pretty sweet gig, but I guess they installed cameras in the break room after I left, so I got out the at the nick of time. Ah, I got out the right time. Oh so, yeah, then just I watched totally. all those. Yeah, doing that, killing your trill. Uh, oh, uh, interesting enough, you know, uh, you're able to see most of Battlestar Galactica. That's another uh, real popular one. Uh, you know, the battle of against the Cylons. It's a very uh, good series. I liked it a lot. It was it's um, What's about it? basically they the I think there was an old movie in the seventies that was sort of that was the same thing. There, it was a show, um, yeah. the same name. Mm-hmm. Then it was on, um, and then from what I know, they just decided to reboot it, and so it's kind of the same premise. Yeah, and there was uh Basically, there was this war between, like, the robots and the human race, and then, like, the, the, the human race finally won, and then, so Stargate, I mean, sorry, Battlestar Galactica takes place after that war, and they don't have electronics anymore. They don't use anything electric. What the beginning? Like, all the phones are, like, landline phones, stuff like that, because they don't want to use anything that was, that's robotic, that can be controlled by, or, like, hacked into by this. Right. Yeah. By the Cylons. They kind of, yeah, the Cylons are an AI. That yeah. was created by human beings that, and then it just decided that like human beings didn't need to exist. Right. So they steal all the launch codes and they're like, they're on like five different colonies and everybody from the colonies had to get off world and ships because he had the nuke codes and he just nuked everybody. Yeah. So the Cylons, they just pack nukes, nukes. They're robots. They don't care about radiation. It doesn't really affect them. Oh yeah. So they're flying on, they get the robot fighters and they just, decimated the fleet because they got it they hacked into it somehow so like they could still use the old models they were about to like the galactica is a ship that's pretty much about to be just like decommissioned you know and turned into a museum and then they all of a sudden need it yeah. so yeah. it's like falling apart but then like it's the only ship they have and yeah. like they have the only like fighters that will be able to like take out other fighters because they're like kind of low um, Commander Adama needs to take charge level. of the ship again, which is played by Edward James Almost. Yeah. Oh, a, f- a fantastic performance by Edward James Almost. He is, <laughs> he is as valiant as he's ever been, uh, as the role of, uh, what was Adam- his name again? Adama. General, I yeah. forget if it's General or Commander Adama. Commander or whatever. Yeah. It's probably something naval. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I never noticed. But as, uh, it's interesting because they come back as like these humanoid life forms. Not humanoid. They're like, you know, they have. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they upgraded their tech. It's very Terminator in the style of the right. story. Only it's in space. Right. And so they have to figure out who's a Cylon. Like, there's like five the series. There's five place. models and like they're, they're trying to figure out who among them is a Cylon. Mm-hmm. I think it was what? The Asian chick? Yeah, and then the blonde girl. It was like in the first episode. You, you oh, the find blonde, out immediately who's the, the blonde oh, yeah. robots, the one that seduced yeah. this doctor into getting all the launch codes. And, and I love that doctor. That he's hilarious. In the, well, he's, he's always seeing her. Like, yeah. did they ever end up explaining that? Did he lose his mind, or did it's she really have some weird, weird like link with him? The way they ended it was kind of weird, and I think there's a lot of people who watched the series that were kind of like, oh, what? Really? That's kind. It's kind of like a. Well, then it feels like was, it was a little hastily thrown together, the explanation. How why. did Caprica fit in? Oh, the show? Yeah. That was, that was like a, a spin-off. Prequel. It was like the, it was the world before the, um, Cylons attacked again. So it was like how Cylons sort of, uh, came to exist, I think, pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Like someone built, um, 
a robot and then they're like they had this second life like online it was an ai it was an ai they created an ai and then the ai just like perpetuated itself kept building itself bigger like think of it this way you know that game like second life where you'd have like a life online Remember that? No, like, like any game like that. Like, well, you have, like, like what? Like the like the, they have on the Wii, where you got your your little character there. Or yeah, on, they have it on PlayStation Home or anything like that. You know, like The Sims, whatever you want to call it. You, and, but it was more like, oh, I have this second life online. Like, there's these online clubs where you can just go in. It's like virtual reality. You know, like you just go into this other world that doesn't exist, but it's all, you know, uh, it's an online world. And so they took the brain. Like, this girl died, I think it started out as, and then the father of her found her uh, account on that online world and, like, basically took her account and, like, all her experiences on there and, like, put her into a robot. Sounds like an anime. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that kind of premise. But I don't think that lasted long. I think that got canceled after a season as well. I think it might have been meant to be a miniseries. The mm-hmm. Dune miniseries was amazing on in the late 90s, later, well, early 2000, late 90s. Didn't see it. It was a miniseries. I read the books, and it was pretty accurate. Hmm. It's wicked long, though. It's three parts, and each part's like three hours. But it's wicked good. It follows the book. Oh, okay. Noise. Yeah. Words. Wow. Well, um, you know, we uh, also have a couple of uh, of animes that fall into the sci-fi category yeah. that we were looking to discuss uh, this week. We... uh Wanted to talk a little bit about Condom Wing. It's condom Gundam Wing. Or Gundam Wing, right. sorry. And uh, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Well, Gundam is... Uh, I forget who made up the concept, but Gundam will have this... Uh, each story kind of has to deal with... Because they, they tell ba- different stories based on the premise over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. they'll have all these different series. Yeah, they have like, a bunch of them. The original one was, like, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, and... There are these people in the who like grew up in space, so like they're really good at like moving around in 3D gravity. So they're wicked dangerous when piloting these mechs called mobile suits. Giant robots, you know, I mean, giant rob- common theme in uh, anime. Yeah. Giant robots. So they they these people in outer space from the colonies, they don't have as many supplies, but they're like far more competent pilots, and they're like the Federation's getting their ass handed them. So they go ahead and they create the Gundam, which is supposed to be like the mobile suit of like mobile suits. It's like the Cadillac. And like the, it's like the type of material it's made out of, isn't it? Like, it's, it's damn near invincible. And like the thing's got a shield, it's got a beam gun, and then it's got this beam sword where it just cuts up other mechs. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, um, one of these kids from the colonies ends up becoming a pilot for the Federation, and he's just like, all he wants to do is stop the war. So it's like him fighting against the colonies and like he's pushing the colonies back single-handedly with this mech. He's that good of a pilot plus the mech's that good. Mm. Like Gundam is just amazing. And then they go and then they have you know a, conclu- ugh, a conclusion of the season, but they have different series based on this premise and they it, I forget they got so many different ones. I know one of them. Gundams or series? Different gun series for yeah, Gundam. Yeah, and and uh, they were able to market a, a lot of action figures, from what I remember too. Oh yeah, just based off the different suits and stuff. You know, you can get you can be spending some pretty big money on uh on just a a figurine of this that's like a model. My like, friend used with to get the little models. intricate pieces. Yeah, and you oh to, yeah, used to be like a little uh, project. They're pretty cool. Together. You'd need like a decent amount of space to have them, but they look awesome. Mm-hmm. 
And then they kept, they came up with some pretty cool ideas for what the mobile suit should be. Yeah. Who was the death one? The one with the, the scythe there? I don't know. I never watched much uh, Gundam there... Wing. I was always like pissed because Miramac didn't get any, end up getting Cartoon Network until <laughs> I was know, in high school. You know, I just realized I said the death one with the scythe. I think his name was Death Scythe. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I think. Death Scythe. Might have been. Yeah. Be a good name for a metal band too. Oh yeah, we better tell Mike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gundam Wing was, uh, I don't know, I always wanted to watch that one, I never got around to it. It's not on Netflix either. What, Gundam Wing? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I never. I I remember I watched. I think I watched all of Gundam Wing. I, I didn't watch any of the other series. I heard though. it had a wicked scattered plot, and it was like wicked hard to follow. Oh yeah, it was. I remember. But it's still it like giant movie. robots fighting each it's other. It's only wicked hard to follow if you're a noob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I remember. I I when I played The Sims, I downloaded these mods for The Sims. You make them look like Gundams? I had a Gundam one in the, whatever his name was, the main character there. I forget what his uh, name was. Hero, Hero. Yui or something? I believe yeah, that yeah. was his And I was. had him and I had like... Captain bunch, Condom. And I had a bunch of Dragon Ball Z characters and different things like that. It was, that was very silly. What's, you gotta have hobbies. Yeah, it's fun. Important. Good times. You gotta have something to do to keep you from killing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anime's got a lot of, uh, anime's got a lot of good space operas. Um, they really do. Cowboy Bebop tends to be, awesome. uh, like, kind of up there with what the standard should be for animation. Yeah, that's kind of like the popular one. It's almost like the, the, uh, the, like, celebrated independent film of anime. Is, it it kind of is. Kinda well, the, I mean, one season, it had like 20 something episodes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you really get to know these characters in one season and then they just, they complete it. Yeah. And they like, do like a solid episode about each character pretty much at some point. Yeah. And yeah. then they have, uh, different story arcs and it meshes really together really well. You got, uh, pretty much four main characters. Edward, who's a girl who dresses like a guy. It's like a kid. Like a tomboy. And she's yeah. a hacker. And she's a wicked good hacker, but she's like loopy. Mm. She's kind of nuts. And then you got, um, Valentine and she's the woman who hot. had a wicked hot, had a rare, rare disease so they're like she's one of those people that like you freeze when they have a rare disease and when they have a cure for it you recitate them and give them a cure right so this happens to her and she ends up getting slapped with like an enormous bill like hundreds of trillions of dollars they're charging her mm. oh yeah and she's and, she, and she's all in debt and she's just losing her mind oh yeah and she's from like the past or whatever and she's slowly she's learning like, so- how to do everything Right, and just because right. of her situation, she just like steals from everybody. Yeah, and decides to become a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very you know, it's interesting where that all the characters come from, and just like the uh, I like I love the jazz theme of it. Like, yeah, there's, like a, this weird jazz influence, and sort of like there's a lot of um, emphasis on music. Oh, neat! Yeah, yeah, different color. They like they like to take from American culture on there. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Scorsese influence. I feel like there's a lot of scenes in Kobe Bebop that I'm like, this is like the end of whatever. You know, like uh, I can't think of one specifically. Well, it gets pretty heavy. Then uh, what's the name of the main character? Like the guy, Spike. Spike Spike Spiegel. Yeah, so Spike, he's uh, he's like he's former Martian mob. I gotta get a toy of him. I uh, pop toy of him. If we can find him, I was looking for a Piccolo today. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I find s- him. I've seen Piccolo. What? Yeah, I need that. If I see it next, I'll I'll get it for you. All right, man. 
Oh, you're gonna have to. Yeah, I need to start a, a Funko Pop collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are making me want to get back into collecting these dumb little things, and you know, most of them are only like eleven bucks a pop, twelve bucks a pop, a pop. A well, actually, pop. I, I already have one. And so, so it, it's like it's pretty easy to to mm-hmm. just spend a fortune on them. I have one of Doc. It came in my loot crate. Nice. I need to get a. I saw some good Skyrim ones the other day. I wanted to get one of those. Yeah, I saw Sauron today, but he didn't look cool enough. I saw that one. His um, mace should have been way bigger. <laughs> but they're supposed to be cute, so you can't really vouch him for that. Yeah, but I mean, if I'm gonna have anything that's Sauron, I need it to be large and menacing. Mm. They have like the huge. Like, have you seen the bigger ones? The yeah, yeah. Ones, like, the Game of Thrones dragon and stuff like that. Yeah, they got uh, Smog and um, mm-hmm. Hagrid from Harry Potter. Yeah, and then uh, a couple others. I mean, they they got them for everything. Yeah, they I have anything the, you could think of. They're totally like the new Beanie Babies. Yeah, I have the Jesse one from Breaking Bad right here, and they have the they have the whole van, the whole uh, the van's part of a like a set. Yeah, when really. I, when I get them, I'm just gonna keep them in the package, but I'm gonna like have them out. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm always been bad at that. I always played with my toys when I was a kid. I have so many yeah. wrestling action figures that I wish were in the in the box because I'd have like I, I can't keep them in a box. It's like you know, mm. I tried. I've tried to do that. I, I've done that with a few things that I still have, but like I save the boxes, so I have them. I, like with the pop vinyls, you can just pop them right back into the box. Because you know, but why, I, I, I can't just have it sit in the box and then display it like that. It's just, it, it's just not fun for me. You they got why? little windows, though. You know why guys like me and you can't keep them in the box? Because if, if we keep those in the box, we keep ourselves in the box. <laughs> it's, no. true. it's true. It's true. You can't keep it in the box. No. Well, that's deep. I know. That's so true. Well, hell, gentlemen, we went through a lot of great sci-fis today. Uh, you should give your... Give yourselves a big round of applause, a big giant pat on the back. Ah, yeah, we watch so much TV. <laughs> we're just like the best at watching TV. Yeah, we we're awesome at watching TV and collecting stupid toys. But hey, uh, you know it's been uh, an unreal, unbelievable sci-fi podcast this week. We're having a great time during Sci-Fi Month. I feel we're just having a blast doing sci-fi stuff. Being in outer space just as a whole, you know, like mentally, physically, you know, just I'm a spaceman, you know. But anyways, <laughs> um, join us next week if you care to where we will be discussing some of our favorite classic sci-fi films. Uh, also be on the lookout uh, on the on the blog for uh, the review of. Boston Comic Roundtable's Outbound Volume 2, uh, which is their science fiction anthology. I'll be reviewing that. And uh, stay tuned later on at the end of the month for our massive Star Wars podcast uh, in uh, preparation for uh, the December 16th release date of The Force Awakens. I'm Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media. I want to thank uh, Nathan Burke. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks for having me. New again. England stand-up comedian. Yes, yes. That's he nice. owns this studio. I, I want to thank him. Studio. I'm going to be at the Comedy Studio all of December. You can come to see me any night. Any night they have a comedy show. Pretty much any night, except for Monday. 
I'm going to be there at the, as the comic in residence. That's right. Uh, Nathan is the comic in residence. It's a pretty big deal over at the comedy studio uh, in Cambridge, correct? Cambridge? Yep. That's uh, right. Right in Harvard Square there. Uh, you're going to want to check him out sometime this month. He's got He's hilarious up on stage. No, no. And uh, last but certainly not least, I want to thank my comic book partner in crime here. Holden Orm. Mr. Holden Orm. Hey, it's me. Stay tuned for uh, more sci-fi stuff this month. Hope you all enjoyed our podcast. And just remember, as always, stay stay vigilant. vigilant.